What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast with me, your host, The Bishop, TW Takes. Do not forget, do not forget, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email me with all your terrible takes at bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. It's now time for more terrible wrestling takes. Oh shit, here we go. Welcome to another live Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast. Also live through your headphones on the download later today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Before we get started, let me say, check out TWTakesPodcast.com. All links, all links to everything in there. Also, coming soon, TWTs. Got five colors coming. Five colors. So dope. I'm, I'm very happy with how these t-shirts are looking. Shouts to Justin Time 211 joining the Twitch chat. My man popped in like Houdini. Yeah, it's pretty cool that uh, the software does that. <laughs> but yeah, check out TWTakesPodcast.com for all links. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe if that's what you get down with. Uh, it helps promote the podcast. I'm trying to get external sponsorships. Uh, I'm working with, with two companies right now, trying to see if I apply properly for what they're looking for. So we'll see. Uh, like I said, TWTs, I'm happy with how they came out. Uh, they're not in the building yet, but they will be soon. And when they are, they'll go live on the website. Uh, other than that, I'm here to talk about SmackDown. Here to talk about SmackDown. Let's get into SmackDown. You know, I, I was watching NXT, and NXT was just on fire with storytelling. And, you know, this is the first time in a couple weeks that I felt like I had to do three episodes this week. I was going to do Raw by myself, but shouts to Marsh. He asked me to come on his show, so I did Raw over there. So, Wrestling on the Rocks, if you want to hear my Raw recap, check out their Tuesday show. Live on Twitch, but also downloadable on all podcast platforms as well. Raw had a, a really good showing, and we actually didn't get a chance to talk about everything on Raw. Uh, but Wednesday as well, NXT had a great showing. You know, again, I try to keep it. I try to keep it a hundred on here, man. I was talking to BC Mendoza last night on on how how Twitter gets crazy in their their standism for what they do. Uh, you know they. Whether they shill in AEW or shill in WWE or, you know, this wrestler and that wrestler, man. I, I try to call it how I see it because there's, there's no other way to put it, man. They, this shit, yeah, the entertainment's for me, but it ain't about me, you know. I, I'm in here trying to do my thing. And when I was shitting all over AEW's pay-per-view and, and, and AEW fans were like, nah, man, this, this shit was dope regardless of what happened. I watched NXT hoping hoping to come out and just go NXT shits all over AEW. And they didn't. You know, they just they had they had some you know, some real problems in their their match work this past Wednesday, but the storytelling was so on point. It didn't outweigh it. I just wish the wrestling was better with the storytelling, which is what y'all need to start saying about AEW, man. You got to say that all that shit matters so you fucking hold them accountable. And then I saw reports that Kenny Omega was like, yeah, I wish the explosions were done better. Yet Tony Khan saying, oh, well, it was supposed to be that way. You got to hold these motherfuckers accountable, man, especially those at the top. SmackDown last night, it gave us run-of-the-mill, high-intensity. Run-of-the-mill, high-intensity. They Hey, 
they fucked up on storyline over there. They had they had Otis and Dolph Ziggler in the same tag team match. We were invested in that story, and when I say we, I'm saying everyone who saw it my way. I'm not I'm not saying that everybody was digging it when Otis was doing his thing, but that Otis Mandy Dolph Ziggler shit that was real for us. We we were ready, we were ready for that story to culminate properly. And hey, they had their WrestleMania match. Otis gets the girl, dope. Okay. Now they're cool. Well, Otis is blinded by everything Gable's doing anyway. So, you know, all right, it, it it was a hiccup. It was a hiccup. But you got to hold them accountable. Hold them accountable. Let's let's get into to the to the real shit on SmackDown though. Um it started out with Edge's promo and I was shocked. I was shocked that Edge started off the show, to be honest. Um I di- I didn't think we were going to get we were going to get Edge really trying to supplant the storytelling that they're doing. Because getting us to Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns is something that when they teased it at Elimination Chamber and then followed it up at SmackDown, it seemed like it hooked everybody in properly. And it's almost as if they're trying to sandwich Daniel Bryan into into the storyline here. And shout to Just the Wrestling 5 on Twitter. Um, he said last night, you know, what do you think about Daniel Bryan joining in a triple threat match at WrestleMania. And it's just not, it's not what we're here for. It's not, it's not why I feel invested in this storyline. We just got something that was, was gifted to us six years ago in Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan at Fastlane, which was one of my favorite Roman Reigns matches. And one of the very few Daniel Bryan matches that I ever liked without hesitation to give us that again and not just give us that match in its own isolated bubble then give us edge roman reigns because again not an edge fan from years ago but this edge yeah i'm a fan of to not give us just edge and roman in at wrestlemania because if you sandwich in daniel bryan you're gonna rob us of this individual moment that you do because you can do it. You know, like I've said about having fucking Undertaker versus Sting, you do it because you can do it. My buddy and I, we watched uh, Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon at WrestleMania. In the moment, that match had to be the worst WrestleMania match you could ever watch. Looking back on it, it's cool to see that they did it to kind of wrap up the whole Montreal Screwjob thing. The match was trash. It was so stupid. It should have ended fucking 12 times. But when you look at it for what it was, it's like, man, it's a good thing they did that. So you give us the same thing, and then you save the triple threat for SummerSlam. By the time all this stuff opens up again, SummerSlam is going to be at damn near full capacity, if not full capacity. Give us the triple threat then. Don't do it at WrestleMania. Not to circumvent the storyline just because. So Edge comes out, and he's telling Daniel Bryan, look, man, you're you're trying to weasel your way in here to WrestleMania. I used to wrestle seven times, eight times a week with a double shot on Sunday while you were wrestling one time a week on the indies. Just because I didn't have as many matches as you today doesn't mean I had I didn't have more matches than you yesterday. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a hell of a point. 
a hell of a point. And then Daniel Bryan comes out and he tells Edge, bro, you got work, son. I'm trying to do this for me. This shit ain't about you. I'm trying to get under Roman skin and get myself where I need to be. Yeah, you won the Rumble, but if I win the title, I'm there too. So don't don't pick Roman, pick the title. I was like, damn. How Edge and Daniel Bryan both get me with a promo on the same day. So that led to the basis of what the contract signing was going to be later on. With another fucking surprise. And we'll get into that later. At Justin Sign 211 says, The way they were just interacting, uh, interjecting Brian into this is really strange. It kind of lessens Edge Royal Rumble win. You know, I don't know. Yes, it does. But I don't think it lessens Edge's Royal Rumble win in the way it would lessen Daniel Bryan's Royal Rumble win. If that makes sense. Edge... I feel like if Edge wasn't to win the Rumble, it would be easier for him to do this the way Bryan is chasing Bobby Lashley. But the way Daniel Bryan is doing it, he's they're, they're bringing up the story from before and how Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns have been interacting as adversaries the, the last six years. Not just back then, but through the entire fandom and how shit's played out over the last six years. So they're actually telling the story to get there. But I feel you. If if let's say Edge was the one on the SmackDown side. Going through Elimination Chamber. Getting a, a minor win. Or yeah getting the win. And then catching this loss real quick. And then moving to this, this next level. Where he's like man I still want a real opportunity at Roman Reigns. So it actually would play out better. Yeah, so maybe you are right. Maybe you are right. Maybe it does lessen Edge's Royal Rumble win because if Edge chose Drew McIntyre and this is how we build Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns to WrestleMania, I think our heads would explode. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I wasn't looking at it on that level. And when you kind of peel underneath, if you had this this Daniel Bryan with this energy, this aggression... He would earn his way at a shot at Roman Reigns. Not only would you want to see that match, you actually think Daniel Bryan would beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's a hell of a point, man. That's a hell of a point. Well, before we get into the to the rest of the Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan stuff, let's jump over to the, the eight-man tag match. Uh, Gabus. 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 That's their name. Fuck. Gable and Otis with the Dirty Dogs. Versus the Street Profits and the Mysterios. And, you know, having the heels attack pre-match, I was like, okay, well, baby faces are going to win, right? I mean, what else are you going to do? You, you, you can't have you, you can't have the baby faces get attacked and completely get beat down, even though your tag team champs are in the match. But I found this match to be a little bit weird because Dominic got a whole lot of screen time. And he did look a little bit better. Um, he had some pretty good offense and some really good selling. But I wonder how much of that were, were the people he was in the ring with. I mean, he spent some time with Gable. He spent some time with Robert Roode. It's good to see Robert Roode get a lot of in-ring time. We haven't really seen him wrestle. Um, so we'll see how that all that end, ends up. But 
the the reason for even bringing up this match period was the the ending, having the Mysterios do the six one nine together and the uh, the dives to the outside, and then Montez Ford doing the the reverse frog splash. I think he should turn it in the air every time. Uh, but the fact that when the guy is closer, he turns it in the air because he has that much time in the sky, it's pretty fucking cool. Other than that, I got nothing else on that match. Except for the fact that the tag champs got pinned. Um, they they got to quit that shit. But it was such a throwaway match that why did we have it? So therefore, why do you let your tag champs get pinned? But you, I mean, they're building Dirty Dogs versus Street Profits for Fastlane, so. Uh, I thought Seth's promo uh, was fine. You know, whatever this character is, whatever this character is being, I don't know. I, I don't like the recycle of the Messiah. I think he's he's had enough time there and he can move on, do something else. I do like how Buddy Murphy uh, put out on Instagram, you know, that the, the entire Mysterio family was using him for this and that and Aaliyah used him for her acting career and the you know all that shit I thought that was that was neat that he did that but they didn't bring that up on TV we had to find it on the internet ourselves so you know what's what's the bigger storyline of what Murphy is actually doing right now because the guy can fucking wrestle and him and Cesaro had a really good fucking 45 seconds together before Murphy gets caught in the swing and Rollins attacks Cesaro so we'll see how this goes um, you know, when it comes down to it, you have two really dope wrestlers who are going to put on a great match. They need a little bit more meat to the storyline, which will most likely we will have to get from Cesaro in some way, shape or form before we really feel what's happening in this story. I thought Sammy Zayn asking, uh, asking KO to be part of the documentary was hysterical. I thought having... Having them reconnect and and do it in a way that makes sense. It's like, we're best friends, but, you know, we're not best friends because, you know, we're cool. Yo, my guy, Matthew McNarley on the Periscope chat. My guy. Just talking about you. My man McNarley, we were talking. That's who I was talking about when I said we watched the Bret Hart match together. How trash it was, but it's a good thing that it exists. So this, this Sami Zayn... Interaction with KO had me believe that, you know, maybe maybe Sammy gets some support, but whatever he's doing to get the conspiracy theory thing, it it just fucking bothers me. Let's jump into the Big E stuff. Big E's promo was fucking crazy because it's the first time we got to see him be passionate without being a clown behind it. And he got so passionate, he started to tear up. You take a guy who is basically still the size of a nose tackle in football that can give you emotion and you can feel the anger, the passion, and then go, man, Apollo's going to get his ass whooped. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Like I said, it was the first time he felt like he was on the offensive things and Apollo actually seemed like a credible challenger because Big E was able to show you why what Apollo did to him is that important to Big E. So when you have that, you now have investment in the challenger as well. And I think that's great, especially for the first time. Matthew McNarley in the Periscope chat says, oof, what a match in quotes it was. Shouts to the legends, though. Yeah, when uh, when you have legends or the ability to do things isolated, you you just do it. 
You just do it. I mean, we will we will literally never get Sting versus Undertaker, and it's something that we've talked about for fucking 21 years, 20 years. Ever since WCW got bought out, it's like, well, those are the two that you have to put against each other, and now we'll never get it. We could have gotten it cinematically, as they shown from WrestleMania last year, that they just they know how to do it right. And the fact that they didn't pull the trigger is something that we'll always talk about. It's like not finding a way to get Bret Hart and Kurt Angle in the ring together. You know, it just so happens that Kurt Angle got started as Bret Hart left. So we never got that match. And we never will. So two legit dream matches that will absolutely never happen just because they didn't do it. After Big E's promo, he, uh, he let out an open challenge. And fucking King Corbin coming out dressed to the nines. Talking about his $10,000 suit and his fucking $30,000 watch. Saying how he shouldn't wrestle. Basically saying he's going to. But then, again, Sami Zayn, conspiracy style, comes out and goes, I accept, I accept. <laughs> Baron Corbin hitting him with, the, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? I was accepting. He goes, you didn't say it. We have it on camera. And he runs out with the fucking camera crew saying that he accepted first. It was great. It was great. This is, this is what I've been talking about. That I wanted this character to line up with the actual wrestling. Shouts in the Twitch chat. If that suit costs Corbin ten grand, he got he got robbed. Absolutely. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for joining in. Corbin's the king of hyperbole, man. He inflates everything. But he's the man. He's the fucking man. I cannot wait. Kings of the Rings podcast, actually, but it's all good. My bad. My bad. Kings of the Rings. Damn. Do I not follow you on Twitter? I'm a I'm gonna follow you right now if I don't got you. Appreciate y'all coming through. Got you. Bang. Follows in the bank both ways. We in here. We in here. I'm going to subscribe to y'all later, too. Check y'all out. Yo, real quick, since since this just happened, I try my best to follow and listen to everyone's podcast at least once to see if it clicks. If not, I definitely download and play it at some point in time. I might play it a month later. And just fucking, just so y'all get the plays. Because I check my analytics all the time. And I know how much it means just to see the numbers go up a little bit. And at worst, a download doesn't hurt anybody. You don't have to listen to it. I actually prefer as much feedback as possible. Just so I can make it better because I enjoy doing this shit. And... That's that's all I ask. I look. One of my taglines is re- review if you do, rate if you feel. Because I don't I don't beg for subscribers, man. It's not about that. It's about me doing it. Now, if y'all like it, of course, it's even better. But yeah, this this wrestling podcast community has been dope. The problem is, there's so many of us. It's it's unfathomable to expect everyone to listen to everyone. Because I can't even do it. I, I I just I don't have time, and I have plenty of time to listen to podcasts. But I also take a break and I listen to comedy podcasts, I listen to movie podcasts, I listen to other interviews of shit that I know that I can't attain. So it's it's always having that diversity in my own subscription. I know other people do too. So it's really hard to. But at minimum, I definitely definitely download the catalog. I just it just doesn't always go into the playlist. Kings of the Rings podcast says, Word, that's what it's all about. Podcasting, helping out other podcasts. We gotta support each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chat grappling cheap pops. Let's go, baby. My guys over on Periscope. Fucking love them dudes. Assuming they have a battle royal at Mania, who is your pick? That's the weirdest fucking question of all time. 
Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Why? <laughs> Enzo Amore. Enzo Amore or Santina Morella. Those are my two picks. Chad Grapple and Cheap Pops. Fucking love those guys. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You'll see. Oh, man. Who's your pick? Chris and JB. They're the fucking best. I know a lot of guys out there uh, making kayfabe, uh, main event marks. Um, fuck. There's a couple others, too. Uh, one guy just started up. They do old school pay-per-view recaps. And this is no offense to anyone. Chat, crap, chat Grapple and Cheap Pops are the funniest, most natural fans talking about wrestling from the days of old. They fucking love wrestling so much. Where were we at, man? Oh, we're talking about Big E. Big E and his open challenge. Uh, so Sami Zayn and Big E had a great, fun, fun match. They worked... They work so seamless together. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Check <laughs> Grapple and Cheap Pop said Jeff Hardy. Yes, we have our own inside jokes, people. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to see you guys soon, man. Um, <laughs> now, so if you, if, yes, if you have a. <laughs> Go back and watch the match if you haven't. Big E versus Sami Zayn was really, really fun. And eventually, I do think we will get them again. After the match, Apollo's music hits. Big E gets snuck. And again, Apollo's character gets strengthened. He was talking shit to Big E with the Nigerian accent. Uh, Mrs. TWE Takes didn't see it last week. She goes, is he talking with an accent? I said, yeah. She goes, ugh. I said, no. You missed it. This character is building so strong. And then he got a couple, I guess we can call them Olympic slams, right? And and he just, I mean, he looks so powerful. The first slam he had on Big E looked like he was struggling. The second one looked so smooth. I mean, he just, he was looking the way he's supposed to. Again, the most legit he has looked, bar none. At Matthew McNarley in the Periscope chat. If I could book a squash match against anyone, it would be Enzo. <laughs> you might be able to. He's uh he lives in our neck of the woods. He's uh he's been photographed walking around the mall. And even though he gets kicks for free, I know your shoe collection smashes him. If you're into Chicago sports, if you're into sneakers, my man Matthew McNarley has one of the dopest sneaker collections for any for anybody really, in my opinion. But definitely for any dude with a regular job who doesn't get pairs given to him. My man earns every dollar and knows sneakers inside and out. If you fuck with cars, my man's got endless knowledge on vehicles, endless knowledge on sneakers. And even though he's a Bears fan and I'm a Packers fan, we are as close as close gets. That's the homie for sure. So check him out. Give him a follow on Twitter at Matthew McNarley. Uh, I'm looking... I'm trying to get him to do a sports podcast one day. We got to figure this shit out, though. This fucking pandemic needs to end. All right, so after Big E and Sammy, let's jump into all the Bianca, Sasha, Nia, Reginald, all that bullshit. Okay. Number one, Sasha's ring gear. I don't know if my man Matthew McNarley seen it, but 
her ring gear matched the Jordan 1s that he just won this past week. And I'm pissed because I forgot all about him. I didn't put in for him. Hey, appreciate you coming through, McNarley. Appreciate you coming through. <laughs> Go to look for Enzo at the mall. <laughs> I feel you, bro. Good look, man. Yeah, he, he hit on some Jordan 1s, some light blue, blue joints that Sasha's ring gear matched. I tweeted out her ring gear compared to those shoes. It was his picture that I put out there. Um, I thought her ring gear was dope, but I'm telling you, telling you, telling you right now, my least favorite part about what's going on with Sasha is this attitude change. It is shifting from a credible champion, confident babyface to a arrogant, cocky heel whose character is making her lose matches. And that shit needs to stop. That's another thing me and BC Mendoza were talking about last night. He likes how how she's acting. And I'm like, but it's sacrificing what they built over the summer. And it's not it's not giving her the mystique of how good of a champion she is. They're showing weakness in Sasha without even building strength in Bianca. So I'm I'm just so fucking confused on why Sasha has to change her character this much and not be the credible champion that we know she is. And that's not even me trying to get to the overall of the women's division because Asuka reportedly has a concussion and is not even available to show up on Raw. So what are we doing here? What are we doing here with Sasha? The more Sasha acts this way and gets distracted, the more Bianca comes back at her and telling her that, She's trash. And they're, they're both healing out on each other when they don't have to. This match is easily booked and built by itself. I told this to, to Marsh over on his show talking about SmackDown. The story is Bianca won the Rumble. When you win the Rumble, you get a title shot. Now, all Sasha has to do is sit back and wait for her challenger. Bianca now has to show she's worthy of it. Not just because she won the Rumble. Okay, that makes her worthy. But now show her as a threat in the ring. Bianca should be wrestling all these ladies showing how dominant she is and how much of a threat she is to Sasha. Sasha's threat is her ego, her attitude, and Reginald. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. So this character work that they're doing with Sasha is completely sacrificing. Completely sacrificing everything. Why? Why? It was such a good character coming out of what happened with Bailey. She had great matches with Carmella. But post was 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 bringing in Carmella just to have Reginald sidetrack Sasha? I'm not going that meta into it. I'm not going that deep into to how the bullshit could be. I don't know, man. I I'm 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 very bothered. Very bothered by that. Cuz the problem is, is Sasha's been undeniable in the ring. She's been doing great great wrestling. But she's also wrestling in a way that shows the weakness. Why is she getting distracted? I don't like it. I don't like it. So we had Sasha and Bianca versus Natty and Tamina. Okay? It was a really fun match. And they all worked really well together. Problem is, Nia and Shayna came through with Reginald. And Nia took Reginald shopping earlier. So now... Reginald's Nia's little fuckboy. Let's dress him up real nice so she can beat the brakes off him later. I mean, it's... I get it. I definitely get it. Believe it. I get it. We we saw it back in the day 
a couple times, right? Uh, the first one that comes to my mind is when uh, uh, Raven took Canyon shopping. You know, like this, this stuff happens where you show the investment into someone else who is beneath you, but it then raises the character, right? I don't know if it holds value because everyone Reginald has stood next to hasn't won. So is this a way to make Naya lose? I don't think so. Because she's the one actually investing in Reginald. Reginald's not the one investing in her. So we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. That's why I don't mind it. Because this is Naya pulling this string. This isn't Reginald doing it. So we have Reginald on the outside as the distractor. Okay? he He's causing the attention to be taken away from the actual match in the ring, which of course I have a problem with, because again, women's wrestling above all. But again, he causes he causes the distraction and Bianca takes the loss. And Bianca blames Sasha for Reginald being out there and the distraction. And Sasha's like, yo, you're the one that got pinned. Again, what are we doing here? Now they're healing out on each other. And Bianca even said, I'm done. She put her hands up and said, I'm done. Now, if this is a way to get Natty and Tamina as the opponents for tag champs at Fastlane, I'm here for it. You found a way to do that. The problem is, like we've talked about as a wrestling community, you didn't have to do that. At Justin Time 211 in the Twitch chat says, their characters are just natural heels, but they're trying to tell this stupid frenemies thing, which just isn't working. It's just resorting to the same safe story that they always use for Sasha. It's true. It's true. It's just when just when they tell you different stories and you go, oh, well, it doesn't always have to be played that way, they find a way to play it that way. I don't get I don't get the feeling because when we wa- when I watch it, I get the feeling like I have to see it this way. Well, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have to see it this way. It should be very easy to tell it a different way. Again, Sasha, imagine booking, booking, right? Wrestling terms, I don't use it. Imagine the storyline for Sasha is the same as Charlotte's. You have to come take it from Sasha. Not, you fucked with my emotions, therefore I lost. Right? Because that's that's the frenemies thing, right? You fuck with my emotions, now I lost. That's the story they're telling? Why? Why? Just because? Because that's the value of Sasha? That she's an emotional garbage pail? Everything fucks with her? You know? Like, no. She is. Again, talking with BC Mendoza last night about, uh, about Sasha. He brought up having Thunder Rosa and Sasha in ring together. And that's a whole nother bag of tricks. Having Thunder Rosa in WWE, period. You can check my list on, just go back in my my tweets and you'll see the list that I put out there of the matches I'd love to see. But when you look at the ability of Thunder Rosa and the ability of Sasha Banks, that style of match. I mean, look at Sasha Banks and Io from, uh, what was it, Great American Bash, I think it was. She has the ability to work with everybody in a way that is just outstanding. And the wrestling can speak for itself. She is not perfect. She is not my favorite women's wrestler. 
Not even close. As far as who I like to watch, she's not in that list for me. I like other women's wrestlers way more than I do her. But there is something about Sasha that's completely undeniable. And when everyone else loves her way more than me, I completely understand why. I mean, it's the Shawn Michaels-Bret Hart scenario, right? I fucking loved Bret Hart as a kid. Shawn Michaels wasn't shit to me. But he doesn't have bad matches. Like, <laughs> you know, so it's 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 what grabs you. And, 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 and Sasha can do that. She can have a fucking great match with everybody. But the fact that they don't let the wrestling speak for itself and her ability and her accomplishments to speak for her character is the problem in what they do with Sasha, period. I didn't even know I was going to go on this Sasha diatribe because it's it's that misused the way Charlotte's overused. If you swap the two and you so and you show vulnerability and weakness in Charlotte, you might actually get some fucking support. And if you if you give Sasha the Charlotte treatment, you will get one of the the best women's champions you ever had, undeniably. Undeniably. But they don't do that. They always fuck with with Sasha's emotions. Now, an interesting turnaround by the end of the night. Reginald suggests to Nia she should go for Sasha's title so she can walk out of WrestleMania with two belts. I don't mind it. I don't mind the match idea. I'm not saying that I want Nia to take the the belt from, from Sasha. I don't. I don't. But telling the story this way now takes the focus off of what they've been fucking up with Sasha and Bianca. That's what I don't mind. That's what I don't mind. So we'll see how we'll see how that plays out. But the, the two things I thought were really interesting is you have Sasha and Nia potentially with a one-on-one very soon. And it does seem like Natty and Tamina are going to replace Sasha and Bianca at Fastlane. That's my guess. I think that's going to happen. I don't think Bianca is going to continue to stand next to Sasha. I, I have a, a big feeling that that's, that's how this is going to go. So the whole reason for SmackDown is to continue the best story they have going. And that is whatever circles Roman Reigns. Jey Uso got denied access to Roman Reigns' locker room, and it felt important that they were telling you that. It was showing you how important Roman Reigns was. I believe it was at Justin Wrestling 5 on Twitter said that, man, we're 45 minutes in, and Roman hasn't been on screen. And I had said... Well, his presence is. His presence is all over the place. This guy's aura of what he's doing on SmackDown is so important to the show. We had Daniel Bryan and Edge facing off in a promo to start out the show with the idea of facing Roman Reigns as why they were so passionate. Jey Uso feeling dejected that he can't be next to his his cousin Edge finds him in the back and lets him know, hey, man, I've known you since you were 10 years old. Your dad used to bring you out in the ring. How does he feel about all this? You know, you, you used to be an inspiration for me. When I saw the Usos in 2015 have a match, I was like, you know, that inspires me to come back. What's your dad think about all this? And Jay's like, yo, chill the fuck out, son, because when Roman gets his hands on you, he going to fuck you up. You don't know me. Don't talk to me like you know me. You don't know me. Roman go fuck you up. Roman, still yet to be on TV at that point, is showing how important Roman is. 
It's not just family above all, but this is Roman. He runs the show. It's awesome. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Contract signing. Adam Pierce, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. Adam Pierce gets to talking. Give me that head of the table. The fact that he didn't have it waiting, I'm surprised Jay didn't get Adam Pierce. So Roman sits down, and I really thought it was going to happen. Told Daniel Bryan, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to wrestle you at SmackDown. And I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. They're starting to loosen the screws on this Roman Reigns character, and I don't like it. Roman has the nuance in what Roman is doing has been kept so tight. For instance, Paul Heyman used to say, don't fall for it. We do things on your time. On your time. He's just trying to get you. We do this on your time. Why didn't Paul Heyman say it here? While Daniel Bryan was beating down verbally Roman Reigns. He said, I made Jey Uso quit. You never made him quit. And I, that shit fucking blew my mind. I was like, you're right. He only said I quit to cover up for his brother. But he actually made Jay tap out. That ties everything together. That's what the question I had going into the, the cage match last week. Is that why would Daniel Bryan attack Jey Uso heading into it? Well, turns out he needed to break him down so he can make him submit. Threw it in his face. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. But why would Roman fall for it now? Why would he why would he fall for it now? All the shit and and not put hands on Daniel Bryan. Why did he not put hands on Daniel Bryan for talking all that shit on his family? I found that real odd. I found that real odd. And then he just signs the contract out of pure frustration. Well, this character doesn't get frustrated. He lets Paul handle that. So the wheels are starting to fall off of this Roman character. And they're either telling that slowly so he can lose the title. Or they're fucking up in the storytelling. I'm not sure which one. After Roman signs the contract, Jay flips the table because Daniel Bryan's talking a lot of shit. And again, I found it odd that they weren't the ones to just put hands that quick. Because it turns out, well, sorry. Jay got so pissed, yet he didn't attack like he always has. And he told Adam Pierce, this match needs a special enforcer. That enforcer is going to be me. And I was like, God damn it. That's a great idea. And then fucking Edge came out. And he goes, it is a great idea. And Edge versus Jay Uso next week on SmackDown to see who's going to be the special enforcer at Fastlane. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? As soon as Edge said it, my mind was like, I did not think I needed a Jay Uso versus Edge match. And everything Jay Uso has been doing is now enough for WWE to go, yeah, Jay Uso versus Edge is a big deal. Imagine that. Imagine that. Edge versus Jay Uso is a big deal. Because I tell you this much. Jay has been losing lately. He has a chance to win this match. Jay Uso of the Usos a year ago has no chance at beating a returning Edge. But he might win this match on Friday. Now, if I had to book it, it would be a double count out or disqualification or some shit. Match doesn't happen and they're both an enforcer. I mean, that's that's what you do, right? You have it done that way. Um, but damn. 
damn. Edge comes out and just like, no. I think it should be me versus Jey Uso to see who's going to be special. I'm like, fuck. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe how much that match actually means something right now. That match actually means something. That's fucking crazy. So all four of them in the ring, they start fighting. Edge and Roman finally get hands on each other. It wasn't the focal point either because it, it happened like off in the background. I was like, oh, shit. But they were going at each other. And then Daniel Bryan gets rid of Jey Uso, pushes Edge off, and starts attacking Roman. Roman pulls Daniel Bryan away. Roman falls down, gets out the ring. Edge turns around, flying knee, Daniel Bryan into Edge's face, setting up what at Just a Wrestling 5 said. The reason we're going to get a triple threat match at WrestleMania, I fucking hope not. I hope not. There needs to be a way that this match at Fastlane ends definitively where Daniel Bryan does not earn another shot at WrestleMania. The problem is, and I didn't realize this until I was responding to that tweet, there is no other place for Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania at this moment. He's not going to fight Jey Uso again, as awesome as those matches are. That is over. There was a tap out inside of a steel cage. There's no more meat left on that bone. There's only one place to put him, and that's right between Edge and Roman. Right between Edge and Roman. But what do you do with Jey Uso? I mean, he's going to be at, at ringside during the Roman Reigns main event match. He has to be. Because, again, there's no other place to put him either. So that's all I got, man. That's all I got on SmackDown. I thought it was a dope fucking show. Really enjoyed it. Anything coming in from the chat? We can talk about that. Do a little Q&A. At JustinTime211 in the Twitch chat said, The only thing I'm going to throw out there is if they wanted Brian at WrestleMania, they should have had him win the Royal Rumble instead of trying to interject him. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. We talked about that earlier. You know, it if he wins the Rumble and challenges Roman, uh, I'm okay with that. But also, I would have actually preferred it the other way, that he earned this spot now. And instead of in exhausting the Jay Uso options, or let's just say it's uh, let's just say coming out of the elimination chamber, it was Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens that had the fight at Fastlane for the number one contender match, and then the winner of that goes to WrestleMania. How many people are going to be pulling for Daniel Bryan because they've seen KO so many times? And then you just do the one on one. I think that's. That's I think that's the the what's clouded right now about this entire storyline is that what makes sense for WrestleMania is the one-on-one. That's what makes sense. But again, they've been kind of planting the seed that WrestleMania 30 vibe of Daniel Bryan overcoming I mean, they even said at Elimination Chamber, this is WrestleMania 30 all over again. So, are they doing that? Are they trying to find a way to get Daniel Bryan to that level? And I don't... I don't see why we have to do it. Because from my perspective, you don't... You don't have to do it, but I don't know who... 
I don't know who's happy after that. I don't know who's happy after a Daniel Bryan WrestleMania match against Roman. And let's say Daniel Bryan wins. Who's happy about that? Who who does that serve as a fan base? Who does that serve as that Friday on SmackDown? I don't see that. I don't see that. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of... Because even Daniel Bryan's title reigns that I've seen, because again, I got into this right before WrestleMania 31. Daniel Bryan was basically injured the entire time. Yeah, as I'm thinking, the the only thing, Daniel Bryan won 30. He won at 30, had to forfeit the titles because of the neck. He got the IC title at 31, had to forfeit that because of his neck. He spent two, three years on the shelf, came back in the ring, won the title, lost to Kofi. So what, what story do we have of any significance that would regard Daniel Bryan as a, as a quality champion? And I don't see it. I don't see it. Justin Time 211, again, in the Twitch chat, says the only thing that would have done is left Edge out had uh, Bryan won the Rumble. Yeah, but you again, you can still do it. You can have Edge challenge Drew McIntyre, you know. And that leaves Lashley out, but whoever wins at WrestleMania, you have Lashley do exactly what he did to The Miz on Monday Night Raw to whoever it was that came out of uh, WrestleMania, you know, except for winning, and then build that. You know, backlash after WrestleMania, you have Lashley versus Edge or McIntyre, whatever it is, you know what I mean? You go forward, but... Have an edge versus and this is all right. So here's here's the other thing. Here's the other thing when it comes to Edge and Roman. That one on one match, I don't think Edge can win. I don't think Edge can win that match. Edge versus McIntyre, I think Edge wins wins that match. I can see that. I can see that win. I don't know. This is what we have. So instead of worrying about what we don't have, we talk about what we do have. And if we're heading towards a triple threat match, I'm not happy with that. Um but we'll go to Fastlane and see how that plays out. Speaking of Fastlane, a week from Sunday, it'll be myself, Marsh, and potentially a third option uh, on the watch-along for Fastlane. Uh, Marsh is working on the third the third member to join the chat. If that happens, uh, hey, by all means, we'll have as much fun as we always do. Uh, we had Royal Rumble watch-along with myself, Marsh and Kevlar on the Rocks. Uh, me and Marsh for Elimination Chamber was dope. And now we're looking at uh, adding a third one to the screen, too. Uh, really enjoy doing these watch-alongs. WrestleMania season is going to be fucking tricky, man. Fucking tricky. We're having a two-night takeover, a two-night WrestleMania. That's four nights of watch-alongs. I got a job. I got a wife. I got a kid. All that watch-along, man. I'll be fucking tired. But I'm going to be watching it anyway. So watching it with you guys... Is going to be just as fun. And if if everything is settled by Fastlane, I will be giving away t-shirts. Believe that. Believe that. Let's get into it. Let's plug away. TLBTakesPodcast.com for all links to everything. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good shit you do for everyone else. Please do it for me too. T-shirts are coming. Got some other things I'm working on. But I'm trying to get the t-shirts here by Fastlane. If they are here, we'll be doing a giveaway. Definitely have them by WrestleMania. We're going to have some fun, man. We're going to have some real fun. Other than that, thank you guys for hopping on. Until next time. So, with that being said, 
review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TWTakesPodcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, BishopTWTakes at gmail.com. Until next time.